it is um, a, a really big time. I mean, there's been some pretty astonishing things unfolding around the world, certainly in Ukraine this weekend. And certainly those in our Ukrainian community watch this closely because we're talking about a country that's just been absolutely obliterated by Vladimir Putin over the last six months. And so far, Ukraine has achieved the impossible. But over the weekend, Ukraine's president, Vladimir uh, Zelensky, announced that his military has retaken 3,000 miles of Russian seized territory in what they called a secret rapid counteroffensive said to have caught the Russians totally off guard. This is an area where um, the eastern counterattack saw Ukrainian troops enter this very important strategic area um, in, you know, where, where they have supply routes and all the rest of it. But no question about it, Russia is downplaying this as precious amount of Putin. He is losing support of his own people. But, you know, he's also a thug. And if he's losing, he will save face. And I don't know what that means for Ukraine. I want to bring in Marcus Kolga to this conversation, senior fellow over at McDonald Laurier Institute, but also founder of Disinfo Watch and a particular expert on all things Russia and uh, areas of the pan-Asian Pacific. Good to have you, sir. Thank you so much for having me on, Alex. It's interesting what's happened over the last 48 hours because it seems rather swift and it seems, you know, and I'm kind of oversimplifying it, that Ukraine kind of did this covert dark um, operation where they basically baited Russia to go somewhere else and then took back their land and Russia fell for it hook, line and sinker. Yeah, they did. Um, You know, as your your listeners well know now, um, we're in the sixth month of Vladimir Putin's three-day war. You, you'll recall that initially yeah. mm-hmm. uh, Vladimir Putin stated that this would be he would take Ukraine in, in three days. So we're in the sixth month of this. Um, you know, Russia has made limited gains in the south of Ukraine uh, near Crimea, creating this land bridge between Russia and, and Crimea, and, and certainly uh, in, in the east. And uh, you know, the, over the weekend, I think the entire world was was pleasantly surprised by Ukraine's ability to take, you know, as you mentioned, you know, 3,000 square kilometers, retake that territory in the in the east of the country. But that operation has been going on for quite some time. It wasn't just this weekend. And as you mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, there was a bit of deception that was being played by, by Ukraine. It was extremely clever. Uh, they pronounced loudly a number of weeks ago that they would uh, undertake a counteroffensive in the south, um, did a great job of using Western-supplied weapons to destroy uh, Russian supply routes to uh, areas in the south. Um, but under the cover of darkness, uh, they uh, clearly, you know, were, were amassing in, in the east. The troops were amassing in the east. And uh, Russia was fully expecting this counteroffensive to take place in the south, but it happened in the east. And those Ukrainian troops, troops according to all the reports that I'm seeing, including in Russian state media, that uh, they're, they're all reporting that uh, Russian defenses collapsed fairly quickly. They were disorganized, uh, and mm-hmm. there was a you know a rapid retreat. Uh, there are stories right now emerging of Russian troops uh, uh, just basically getting out of their tanks, dropping their weapons, taking off their uniforms, and running Jeez. for their lives, swimming across rivers in their underwear to wow. escape the Ukrainian army. Uh, the offensive has clearly decimated morale amongst uh, Russian troops uh, serving in the east. And so it's uh, it's a big day and a big win for, for Ukraine. 
Yeah, I mean, this is the the little nation that uh, has proved everybody wrong. I mean, they really, I mean, yeah, we've sent them weapons and money, but they have done this on their own. And to your point, uh, they have fought off what we thought would be a juggernaut. That's not to say that Putin can't be uh, more thuggish. I mean, he could literally, he could level that country with a nuclear bomb anytime he wants or continue shelling the nuclear facility as they are and creating a massive nuclear um, accident. Um, but but where does it go from here? I mean, he, Putin is is facing a lot of pressure at home now because people are starting to catch on that things aren't going so well, and his little war is is it was not really sold to them um, as they were explained. So look, he's got pressure at home. He's losing a war, possibly. He could get real ugly, or I, I just don't see him going away. I just don't see him allowing Ukraine to win. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. That he he cannot allow that to happen because he's made the reconstitution of the Soviet Union, a central theme of his presidency. Let's not forget that Putin's been in power for 22 years. And uh, initially when he came to power, he called the collapse of the Soviet Union the greatest geopolitical catastrophe in history. And his invasion of Ukraine was intended to be the first phase of this larger project to rebuild the Soviet Union. He's failed. Um, This counteroffensive that happened over the weekend demonstrates that. Uh, And you can see uh, all over the internet right now, there are a lot of uh, Putin supporters, uh, like Chechnya's strongman, Roman Kudzirov. He's questioning Vladimir Putin. Uh, And in fact, there are members of Moscow City Council who over the uh, weekend called officially for Vladimir Putin to resign, for a process of impeachment to happen. So, uh, you know, given all the repression that uh, Vladimir Putin has engaged in, Uh, the intimidation of his own people, the fact that you have these elected officials coming out so publicly calling for his resignation is is surely a worrying sign for Vladimir Putin and uh, and anyone else within the Kremlin. But to your initial point, um, Vladimir Putin has many cruel options left throughout this war. We've seen his troops engage in uh, unspeakable atrocities against Ukrainian civilians. Um, the targeting of civilian infrastructure just over the weekend. Yeah. His forces targeted uh, infra- civilian infrastructure, heating plants, electrical plants around Kharkiv. Um, sure. He's bound to do more of this in the coming days because things are not going well for him. Yeah, and not to mention, now we're starting to get into the cool season. And so while everyone's very distracted by all things uh, going on with the Queen, you know, there is a real, we're heading into a very ugly winter where we're going to watch across the, the, the water and the international you know, oceans uh, of people freezing to death yeah. or living in dark because uh, Putin, I, I expect the worse this goes, he'll be more relentless on countries like Germany uh, with the, you know, you know, energy supplies and all the rest of it. So it's certainly not going to end tomorrow. Where do you see this going, though? Is it just going to turn into kind of this long, drawn out, non, you know, continued fighting? Or could we actually ever see Russia just completely pull out and walk away? Well, look, I think that what Vladimir Putin would prefer is uh, is for the status quo to be to be held on to. He wants to see this conflict frozen. He wants to uh, he would like to have Europe grinded out. The longer this goes, especially, you know, if it goes into the winter, um, it gives him more opportunities to use uh, energy warfare, gas, yeah, yeah. Uh, to try and extract concessions from Europe. That's what he's looking for. Um, he wants to uh, erode Western uh, support for Ukraine. He wants to make sure that those weapons that we are sending him uh, stop being sent because that's the only chance he has right now 
of of winning. But with Ukraine now, reportedly, I mean, their their forces are just a few kilometers from the Russian border. The Russians have actually closed their border with Ukraine right now, out of fears that uh, you know that that uh, that front line may approach Russia. I mean, the mm-hmm. knives are going to start coming out for Vladimir Putin, and I think what the Western world needs to start doing right now is. Number one, making sure that those weapons keep going to Ukraine because they are winning this war. And we need to start thinking about a world without Vladimir Putin. What does what happens when yeah. Ukraine takes back its territory? How do we react? How what do we do at that point? And we need to be prepared that Vladimir Putin will eventually lash out uh, against not just Ukraine, but the Western world. And how are we going to uh, address that and defend against those sorts of that sort of lashing out? That's that's what we need to start thinking about now. Yeah. So would you would you put this in this this as a turning point? Is it like uh, one of the most important turning points that we've seen? It could be. It could very well be. Uh, I don't think that anyone was expecting uh, the sort of success that the the Ukrainians have had. And it this is this is the sort of humiliating defeat that we need to be handing Vladimir Putin. And you know what? Frankly, it's it's a it's a victory that Ukraine needed. Ukraine needed to yeah. demonstrate to its Western allies that it can win, that it has a hope of pushing back Russian forces, not just beyond the February 24th border, but back to the original borders of Ukraine, 1991 borders. And it's, yeah. and it's demonstrated that. So this is a really, really important moment for, for the Ukrainians. And I think for the Western world, there's there's optimism, there's hope that Ukraine can can really win this war. But it's not going to come easily, that is for sure. Marcus, very much appreciate you joining us. We'll keep an eye on this. Thank you. Anytime. Thanks for having me on, Alex. And that is Marcus Kolga joining us now. So look, we'll take the good news when we can, but it uh, is no way over (laughs) by a long shot.